Jamie and I'm Nikisha and this is Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha. <laughs> Do I keep going? <laughs> Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Well, welcome. <laughs> yes, love that. All good things. We're off to a great start. Uh, so today we are talking about the 2019 horror drama thriller, The Lodge, uh, that's on Hulu, or you can rent it wherever you uh, stream your movies. Where did you get this? Did you do that? Grace, we must repent. We must repent for our sins, Grace. Stop. You have to. You have to before it's too late. You have Shut to up, Aiden. So that we can go to Stop, Aiden. You have to repent. I said stop it, Aiden. Stop it, Aiden. You have to totally Shut up. It's directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. And it was written by Franz Fiala and Sergio Cassi. It stars Riley Keough, Jaden Martell, Richard Armitage, Leah McHugh, and Cher herself, Alicia Silverstone. From the clueless, it was a great time, not a great time seeing her in that film. But before we dive into it, Jamie, what's new with you? What's going on with your life? Um, you know, just uh still home, still home every day. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? You know, same, same. We're all just like living, living our best lives here with uh all of the snow that's been happening. I was actually supposed to be in a lodge uh, this week, but because of the snow in Jersey and everything that's the horrible things are happening in the South with everything freezing over, uh, I decided to not do that. Also, before anyone says anything, I was going by myself, staying in a house by myself. That's- not with anybody else, no throwing parties, no Ted cruising, anything. I was going by myself. <laughs> Better than with like two stepkids who hate you. Also, a great moment. Hi, producer Ryan. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I forgot. Uh, Jamie, do you want to throw up uh, some trigger warnings while we're on the subject of the lodge? Yes. Before we get into um, what happens in this movie, um, definitely a trigger warning for suicide and self-harm. Um, also for like cults and, and religion, if that um, is also unpleasant for folks. Um, so just a heads up. Before you continue on. Oh, sorry. Before we get into the the scary stuff, um, Jamie and I have been watching uh, romantic comedies that I've never seen. So like (laughs) Sweet Home Alabama and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Great movies. So sandwiching that with the lot was a lot. (laughs) I can't imagine. Uh, Definitely love a rom-com. I have so many DVDs. And if you look at it, it looked like I'm a um, 30-year-old white woman from Alabama, but I'm just a 31-year-old black woman from Alabama. Uh, so, 
Great, great things. Speaking of, because I meant to tell you guys, have you seen Behind Her Eyes on Netflix? No. Have you seen anything? Okay, it's a limited series, a mini series. And it is the most insane thing. You just, you think you know what's going on and the twist at the end is completely crazy. So I won't give anything away, but it's on Netflix. Behind her eyes, it's more of a thriller. There's nothing um, super gory about anything. There is uh, some um, self-harm and drug usage, but you should, I think it would be an interesting watch and I would love your feedback, both of you guys' feedback on that. Yeah. But yeah, Jamie, do you want to describe the plot of The Lodge? Sure, I will do my best. This movie is about um, a family who loses their mom, Miss Alicia Silverstone, um, to suicide at, at the beginning of the movie. Um she is also uh, separated from like the father of the movie, um, which I couldn't even remember if they actually ever stayed with his name. Um, but it's Richard, um, in case anyone was wondering. And uh, and Richard is dating Grace, who was formerly in a cult when she was young, the only survivor of a cult that was led by her father. Um, but this movie is taking place years later, and. Grace and Richard are dating. Richard has two young children, Aiden and Mia, um, and it's the holidays, and Richard decides that they're all going to go stay at the lodge um, during the Christmas holiday, but Richard's got to work, so he is bailing to leave um, his girlfriend, pre-fiance Grace, with his children, who very much do not like Grace um, and for reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, and then throughout the movie, um, it seems like things are happening. I don't, I don't know like how much I want to get into it. Cause it's really yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think the meat of what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to actually leave it there so we can like talk about the movie. You know, it seemed, it seems like when you first watch it and this is my second time watching it, yours too. Yes. Jane? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel like you know what you're going to get into, especially as people who have watched horror movies. Some You get stuck in a lodge and things are going to happen, whether supernatural or, you know, everybody going crazy and trying to kill each other. But how everything plays out is just so insane. And I have mixed feelings that I feel like are wrong, especially watching it a second time, because mm-hmm. I just going towards the end and what happens like with the kids and uh with grace i just really thought that those little kids were just little shits yeah for what they did and i was like should i feel like this about little kids but wow they really like messed with her mind and Mm -hmm. it was insane so with all that said in general i did like it when i watched it the second time though and i don't know if you felt this way too jamie but it was slower when I watched it the second time, I guess, because I knew what it was building up to. And so by the time that they got into the lodge and were staying there, I was just kind of like waiting for the end to happen. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how long it was and how long the buildup was until everything kind of like crash lands in the last 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How'd you feel? Um, I actually, I think I was more into it this time because I, I feel like I was paying so much more attention to like what I missed last time because I was just trying to figure out like what is going on. And so I I feel like something about that, like I invested even more into it this time around than I did the first time. Mm -hmm. And 
And I agree with you, like, that there's this part of the movie, like, between arriving at the lodge before, like, the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie where, like, you really feel, like, I I felt so anxious despite knowing what was happening just to figure out, like, like how do you, there's so much tension that's being built up and, mm-hmm. and even even like separate, like Brian and I were talking about, you know, what would it take for somebody to, to like get to this, this point? Um, and the kids are certainly doing a ton of things to like exacerbate her, her mental illness and, and just like make her go down a, a, you know, undo all of the work that I'm sure she did with like loads of therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, there's still a lot that's just like unsettling about you know, why she get those nosebleeds that's never addressed in the movie. And like, oftentimes she's just like staring out into nothing. And I'm just like, what? Like part of it seems like she's mostly like has her shit together and has been like, is taking her meds and like taking them regularly. She has her therapy dog, but then like, she's still, there's something that seems off. And then the kids are obviously just like, playing onto that and making everything so much worse. And so like, I just felt so much more of the tension and anxiety building up um, Mm. because I was still trying to figure out like how much is them by like being very intentional and explicit of like poking at her and like how much of it was just like very thinly under the surface and like how much really was needed to, um, to like have her, you know, go Go left real quick. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we don't have to say this, but I'll say this anyway. Spoiler alerts for all of this. Yeah, Um, I was thinking that earlier, but I was like, I hope hope people know. Yes, exactly. We're talking about the movie. Watch the movie. (laughs) Uh, But just to reiterate what was happening, uh, and then I'll ask you a couple questions, Jamie. So Grace, who is the the new uh, soon-to-be wife, is staying in the lodge with um, the two kids of her uh, fiance. Throughout the movie, and I will say I did notice a lot more things watching it a second time, like when they were packing for the lodge, Mm -hmm. um, they the son was packing a harness and like Mm. they were packing like candles and lights and stuff because they end up um, turning off the power. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, that was them, yes. And like- hiding things out and taking things out of her room. And the way that those kids kept a straight face lying like that to her was insane. Number one, mm-hmm. eventually make it seem like they all died by saying mm-hmm. that the gas light that they, or the gas fire that they had on the inside because the power was, um, well, no, just because it was cold. Um, they had that in the house and the son said that everybody died because of <laughs> the gas in the house. And so he, pretended like they were all dead and he pretended to hang himself and he had a Mm -hmm. harness and also for those kids to be that age to have that elaborate of a scheme as well I mean like we have home alone and that was like a whole thing for that little kid but like it's like horror I mean home alone is like horrifying when you think about like those guys are dead (laughs) like they're dead actually and it's (laughs) it was just so crazy to um for him to be pretending to do all those things and um and taking her meds away. And so like, mm-hmm. she is having all these hallucinations with her cult coupled with like thinking that she's dead. And then she just snaps and mm-hmm. she's just like, everybody has to repent and all these kinds of things. So I guess one of my questions to you, Jamie, on the mental health aspect of it is 
what kind of mental issues and trauma would a surviving cult be uh, have to deal with, a surviving cult member have to deal with? Yeah. So I definitely don't specialize in cults. I want to like say that, but like, there's certainly like a significant amount of trauma that you likely have to like undo and depend, like, I think also exacerbated by the fact that she, she survived a, like a large trauma where like a bunch of people died and she was like intentionally left alive. And so I imagine that somebody also is struggling with like survivor's guilt and, and like, mm. you know, how do you, how do you cope with that? So, um, you know, not only left being the sole survivor, but also if that was like her whole life and then lost all of her like resources, like who knows? I, I just like, there's so many questions running through my mind of like, who then helped, who was her caretaker? Like right. she was a young kid. Did she have any other like family? Did she end up in foster care? Hopefully they gave her like a ton of therapy. Cult, cults are, I, I definitely find cults super interesting. And, um, you know, they're even relevant now if you've been following what's happening with Nexium. Um, but just like the manipulation that's involved and, and taking away your other resources, isolating you, the gaslighting, like all of these tactics that, that cults use, like learning how to unpack a lot of those things in therapy and like regain, regain your power. Like I imagine there's like a huge loss of power as is with like a lot of trauma. And so like learning ways to feel empowered again, the religious stuff is like also a whole other area where like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of specialists who specialize in like dealing with religious cults and how to unpack, um, some of those things too. And like, that's also like an area that I'm less familiar with. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but that's like, again, like something additional to consider in terms of how to kind of like process your relationship to religion. Are you still religious? Do you like, is there something comparable that you can turn to, to feel that, um, that same like faith and support and spirituality and like having somebody kind of help walk you through all of that experience. And then I guess in her case, medication that I I don't think it was clear what medication she was on, but I, I mean, I imagine that like she probably has a lot of anxiety as a result of that experience and can only imagine, you know, the other like slew of things like symptoms that she's experiencing. Also, I find it interesting that, like, the reason she was asked to survive or, like, picked as the survivor, and I'm sure being the daughter of the cult leader helped, but, like, like she was also, like, instructed to, like, carry on the message. So mm-hmm. I wonder if there's also survivor's guilt of kind of, like, all these people died and I'm supposed to carry the message that they killed themselves for, but also, like, I'm not doing that mission. Like, and then clearly at the end, she, 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 She's starting to do that again, but like, mm-hmm. like, like that's just like a fascinating thing as well. I have nothing else to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on on that same uh, line, the fact that it was probably what only like two or three days of them without power and the kids kind of manipulating her and taking her mm-hmm. meds away for her to completely go off kilter. Do you mm-hmm. think that? you know, three, four days, maybe a week tops, we'll give it a week tops, is enough time for someone off of their medication and with the added um, manipulations of the children to completely like change their behavior. Do you think that's enough time or was that exaggerated in the movie? 
I mean, I definitely think that was exaggerated, but I think that the thing that like really like triggered her, cause she like goes into a catatonic state and when she's mm-hmm. like sitting outside and they're like trying to coax her back inside when they realize that like they have irrevocably fucked up and there's yes. like, oh, okay. Um, I think that that point is when she finds her dog who has died, who is frozen to death. And I think that like whatever role her dog played as like an emotional support animal and a therapy dog, like that, that was really the, the like icing on top of the like horrible cake that, that she's left with. I think that is really what, what set her off. And like that, like, you know, imagine any, any type of loss, like the loss of any pet dying. And then like on top of that, these like wild circumstances that she's left with, like, I imagine that that played a huge role in just like, you know, this unexpected loss and then, and then trapped with these terrible, terrible stepchildren. Yes. I mean, they let her walk in the snow without a jacket knowing they had her jackets and all of her things in the attic and just let her walk for however long she walked, which brings me to another point of like the human behavior aspect of it and the realities of it. And I'm glad you clarified that it was a little bit exaggerated. Mm -hmm. There was one thing that stuck out to me, uh, stuck out to me the second time. And when she got to whatever house she was walking to, if it was there or not. um, And she looks into her bag and the, bottle of water she had was frozen Mm -hmm. so I was thinking like okay if you've been walking long enough one and the temperature is low enough and the for the water to freeze but you have no form of like hypothermia like you're still like fine and walking like that just kind of didn't seem like that was a thing to me I don't know am I wrong tell me (laughs) No, I, I also was like, cause wasn't the building was shaped like, like a cross. I was like, is this just another like symbolic type thing? I can't remember now, even though we like just rewatched it, but like, I thought that she saw somebody in there. I think maybe it was like her father, Mm -hmm. um, that she thinks she sees, which is another reason why I'm like, is this even happening? Um, so there was like a part of me that's like, is that, is that even real? Or is she at that point just kind of like still continuing to see things that aren't really there. Um, And like, that's just how that manifested in that moment. No, absolutely crazy. I have a question for Jamie. Let's pretend that like none of this crazy stuff happened. Talk about the, the adults roles in kind of acclimating these children whose mothers killed themselves. And we should totally talk about that. Um, Mothers who killed themselves. And clearly, whether or not it's true, this mother made this decision to kill herself based on this new woman that the father is dating and, and going to marry. Like, how would you actually, like help to acclimate that situation better. Like forget about like the kids being like these devil kids trying to like gaslight this person into horrible things. But like, I guess like talk about like that aspect of things. I mean, even before that, I gotta say, this is like not coming from any mental health therapist thing, but like, I just hate the dad. He's like the worst. He's the worst. He does nothing helpful for anybody in this movie. Like maybe it's like, I certainly can appreciate him trying to be transparent with his ex-wife about like, this is the situation, but he does it in such like an unempathetic way. And then the one thing that I feel like he could have done, like just so just complete failing to effectively communicate his relationship with his kids. And like, 
the idea that he leaves his children alone with this person for any extended period of time is like insane. That is just yes. like not, I mean, that's the least realistic thing I hope in, in this movie, the idea, I don't know. It's just like, it completely frustrates me that that even happens, especially if you're like trying to get off on the right foot. Like, why would you leave your kids alone with someone anyway that you're dating without having like enough opportunity for you to be there to like manage the situation. Right. Um, I don't, uh, what do you think about that? Cause it, I just got so angry about it. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely just the most irrelevant and, <laughs> but caused everything to happen, but mm-hmm. he just was never there. And the fact that, I mean, I didn't really think about this, but it's so true. The fact that he didn't give enough time for those kids to really cope and to just be with them, like work is not that important. Like you're the, the mother of your children just killed herself. And the fact that you don't have any type of remorse to be there for your kids 24 seven until they're, you know, completely okay is ridiculous are they in therapy like who right they need family therapy they all and and the fact that isn't he some type of like therapist or something because he wrote a book on the cult I do not know and I was like trying to figure this out and there was a point where he says something about a paper and I'm like is it an academic paper are you in academia are right. you a journalist do you work for like a, a new like a New York Times type thing like mm-hmm. I have no idea what his actual job is but if he is some kind of like mental health professional and then was like treating like this is where my mind is going like is was Grace one of his um like one of his clients that he was working with in which case like totally inappropriate. Like they, when you are getting any kind of like mental health license on all the tests that you are required to take, they ask you a thousand times if you're allowed to have any relationship with your clients. The answer is no, you will lose your license for that. He clearly doesn't care if he is some kind of mental health professional, which I certainly hope not because he handles every situation terribly. Every situation. And it's also the uh, trope, I think, of therapists in movies, um, of them being able to, like, take care of other people but not take care of their own families, like, mm. in in the show Behind, uh, Behind Our Eyes. It's someone who is specializes in, in some form of, like, therapy and healing for addicts, mm. but his wife is an addict. And she's always screaming at him because he's like never willing to help her, but he's like helping all the other people, everyone else. And so that just kind of like reminds me of this movie and Richard just being a total prick about it. I mean, these kids are young, you know, Mm -hmm. and having to deal without when they've been living with their mother, assuming since the separation Mm -hmm. and now have to deal with him who might not have even been in their lives for that long, you know, or, and, and, then dealing with someone else on top of that, like still does not justify their actions, but something could have been done for uh, it to be a, a better situation. But I do want to ask um, how dangerous or uh, fragile do you think Grace is uh, without the kids breaking her? Like if, you know, they weren't there, how do you think, how dangerous do you think she, or, you know, on the verge I mean, be. yeah, I, I guess like that wasn't really 
something that seemed like of concern until like mm. they really played a, a, an explicit role in trying to push her. Um, I really didn't get the sense, like I got the sense that she seemed to be like, you know, <clears throat> there were certainly still things that like when she saw the, um, the portrait of who, who I assume is Mary yeah. um, on the wall and like, you know, was feeling some type of way about it and like chose to face away from it um, mm-hmm. or like removed it from the wall. I think that that like unsettled her, but I, I don't think that that was like, you know, going to be the thing that made her, you know, decide to harm other people. Um, okay. And even at the point that like she did start harming people, it was really, or I mean, a lot of it starts with like self-harm and, and like going through like having to repent. And like the only way to do that is the self-harm. Like she, she's really inflicting a lot more on herself, which I also thought was really interesting again, is like this sole survivor who is, who's responsible for like spreading the message. Like what, why is she now, if that, I don't know what was happening like before, um, the cult ended, but like, Mm -hmm. why is she now responsible for, um, the, what is the phrase self-flagellating? Um, if I said that right, I don't know. Words are sometimes hard, but like, she's, she's like doing that like significantly before she, before she decides to, uh, inflict harm on anyone else, which I thought was interesting. Um, I don't know if it means anything, but yeah. No, that's interesting because, I mean, just looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it looked like she had a handle on it, like everything would have been okay for her, you know, because she like has her therapy dog and she has her pills and and everything. But um, yeah, I think it was definitely uh, the instigating of the of the kids coupled with like her sense of losing reality, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the fight or flight that, you know, we talk about and bring up because there was no power and there was no, you know, food and cell phones are dead. And so like, what do you do? Where do you go? Mm -hmm. And when you're already just trying to deal and cope with everything that's been happening in your past, like I can't even imagine like new things that are brought up so suddenly that will put you in that, that same fight or flight, you know, when you're just kind of getting out of the woods mm-hmm. with something else. Yeah. Which is insane. I have a but, question for yeah. you though. Yes. You know, coming from like, you even spoke about just how the kids are like presenting. And I'm curious from your perspective, like what do you think it would take for those? Like those kids are, are really good actors. And I know I, I forget um, the, the boy, he was in it, right? Yes, he was. He, mm-hmm. I, he's so Obsessed. cute. I love him. Yes. Um, but yeah, like what would it take to be able to like pull that off? Like from the perspective of an actor and, and like that presentation and just like all of those emotions that like we're kind of talking through um, yeah. and like calling them shitty, but like how, how, how do you pull that off? Yeah, well, I think in in my studies of things in watching movies like it where the kids are, uh, you know, the, the leads of the movie, it just seems like in general, kids just have no 
since they just have like a reckless abandon to just go and do whatever, which I think helps in acting because you just have to let everything else go and Mm. just be, you know, a lot of acting coaches and teachers talk about existing and being before you uh, actually start putting or saying the words on the paper. You know, you just have to exist as that character in that moment before the scene even starts. Like, what are you doing before everything happens? And then that's, that is what the foundation that leads you into the start of the movie or, you know, Mm. into whatever scene that you're doing, there's always something behind it. And so I think to get into that mental space, I can't speak for them, but sometimes kids are just like, what do you need me to do? I'll do it. Do you want me to cry? Okay, I'll cry. Like, and it reminds me of the, um, the audition tape for ET, the little boy. And he, they just asked them, think about your friend, your best friend in the world. And then I want you to think of someone taking him away from you and you can never see him again. How would you react? And the boy just started bawling. And it was just kind of like that imagination that still, you know, that pureness of the world and how you see things and not having um, all of the weight of the world as you're an adult kind of like play into how you act and you're not thinking about how I'm going to be presented in this movie or how people are going to receive this movie. They're just being, they're just existing. So I think from a kid's perspective, that's where I see the acting coming from. It's just, they're just, they're existing. If you just, if you tell a kid, your mom died, they're going to start crying, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get in that place. So I think it's a testament also to whoever was coaching those kids because they were pretty brilliant uh, in the fact that they literally so calm about everything. I mean, like I said, the way that the kids were so stoic when they were lying to her and saying they mm-hmm. didn't know where her stuff was and, and all of those things, like it's, it's insane. And I can't even mm-hmm. imagine the work that Grace did to try to pull out, you know, being a person who has come from all of those mental issues and, and cult work. I mean, a lot of people get very um, method actor, you know, and they're sleeping in, you know, halfway houses and, you know, doing all the things to experience and, and feel that environment so that they can bring it in onto the set. So, um, but yeah, I think the kids did an incredible job of just like being and existing and reacting in real time of what was happening mm-hmm. when, when we're kids and something bad happens, we, we like shut everything out. Like if my mom said, I can't go spend the night at my friend's house, I'm like, Oh, I hate you, mom, blah, 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 slam doors, you know? And it's just mm-hmm. like, you don't think like that when you're an adult. So like right. for them to go that left, I mean, their mom died, yeah. you know, she got taken away from them and they believe that it's because of grace. And so mm-hmm. for them to react in that way seems as brutal as it is, seems believable because kids will go on extremes <laughs> in that sense. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. something I was thinking about in terms of like, you know, them blaming grace, like, there's not that much context that we have around um, like the family separating and Alicia Silverstone, like, and, and um, I forgot Richard um, breaking up. I'm only using her name. I mean, I could, I could probably call her share and like say the shares in this movie, but I don't want to like completely, you know, uh, connect clueless with this, but you know, 
they don't really talk about how, how like this new relationship started, how they were separated. Do you like, what do you speculate happened, especially when the kids are really, you know, and, and knowing that they're kids, but they are really believing that, that grace is responsible or that like their newfound relationship is responsible for, um, for the mom's suicide. And I'm curious, like what, what your thoughts are with like, what is not really explicitly known in the movie? Yeah. I mean, that's the, I think that's what also makes it a good performance because those actors have filled in the blanks for themselves in order to carry out the story. Um, it seems to me in looking back on the recorded videos that they were going to give their dad for Christmas of them and their mom and like playing outside that um, it hasn't been that long that they have been, you know, divorced and and separated, but it could be a a myriad of things of, of why, you know, marriages don't, I mean, I cannot speak on relationships. I am the worst (laughs) at all (laughs) things to be perfectly transparent, but it, it seemed to me from like her body language and the little conversation that they had before she decided to kill herself, that she was very invested in what was happening and everything seemed like it was okay. But um, like you were saying earlier, maybe Grace was one of his like clients or something. And he worked with her and through working together to figure out her issues, he fell in love Mm. with that. I don't know. So not okay. So not okay. But he, he somehow, you know, thought that that was, that was the way. I mean, it's, it's really hard to think what exactly could have happened in order for her to make such a drastic decision to kill herself, especially because she has two kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, people who have kids, I mean, they would do anything for them. And so the fact that she in that moment was like, I can't even, I don't even want to be here for my kids anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what he actually did, but maybe he she found out that he was cheating and that's why they separated, but she wanted to still kind of stay together. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, the only thing that made me think like maybe something did happen was, um, at the end after she, um, like when he returned home and she was already, um, you know, it back in the state of like, we have to repent for our sins. Mm -hmm. Um, and she made a comment that God was punishing them, um, Mm. which made me think like, Oh, maybe something, something did happen. And, and like, maybe that's why the kids are really thinking that she was responsible because maybe like, maybe the relationship started, um, and like, he wasn't faithful to Alicia Silverstone. Right. Yeah. No, I can, I, I believe that. Yeah. That he, that he cheated and wow. She still, she still wanted to stay around and be with him, but he said no. So that's why he's a prick. And all the things happen. It's all his fault. And that's why it was just so crazy. I didn't even, I did not think that Grace was actually going to shoot him either. I thought that Mm -hmm. was a crazy moment um, because the dad was supposed to come in and rescue everything. And it was Mm -hmm. like, nope, that's not it. And I also loved at the end that they didn't exactly show what was going to happen. They just showed the gun on the table and Mm -hmm. the kids with their mouths taped shut. I thought that was insane a great ending and there it was like complete silence too before like the credits came on Mm -hmm. I was like yep that's the way to end it it's that's a that's a good time (laughs) so so I'm going to jump in here for a second yes a couple of fun facts 
about this movie. I was reading an interview with the directors, and they were saying that they so Riley Keough, who plays uh, Grace, is um, is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. No way. Yeah, and her real father plays the cult leader in this. What? So that's that's some fun facts. Some other fun facts are I was I was reading an interview um, with the directors, and the first thing they said was. Um, once they got Alicia Silverstone to like do the movie, like she was always going to kill herself at the beginning, but originally they wanted to start the movie off with that because you already have this, well, two things. You already have this connection to her because of Clueless and, and how you, how she rep- she represents to you, but also um, they wanted to, they love the movie Psycho. So they were just like, they wanted to kind of gaslight the audience into thinking that um, this movie was going to be about her. And then she exits the movie five minutes in. Mm. Um, and I, one thing that I found that I, I wrote down is that the movie in a good way never recovers from the mom's death. That shocking scene, I feel like, it's so brutal and so sudden and so last minute that you understand every single character's decision through this because of how like, like unexpected and crazy that was. Also, mm-hmm. she had her gun in the purse. Was this a last minute decision? Did she bring the gun to the house? Like yeah. with the father? I don't know. But mm-hmm. the other thing is they cast, uh, share. <laughs> they cast Alicia Silverstone <laughs> and, um, uh, and Riley um, because they look like each other and they wanted to give the feeling that he literally swapped his wife out for a newer model. Like that was very wow. intentional on their part, which was fascinating. Um, mm. But they did, they ended up not doing the the murder right up front because they wanted to show her with the kids. When the little girl is screaming, she can't go to heaven because she killed herself. Like mm-hmm. that, the juxtaposition of the two sides of Christianity, that like clear, like, why would she do this? Like she knows she can't go to heaven, all that stuff. Like she seems very religious versus the other side, which takes religion to a totally different perspective. Like was just like fascinating to watch on the second viewing. Um, but uh, yeah, this was wild. That's what. Oh, also something that's unbelievable about this movie. If my dog was out in the snow, I wouldn't (laughs) stop searching until like the movie should have stopped. It should have been like a two day search for this dog and then continue. Like there's no way I stop looking for him. There's absolutely no way. (sighs) That and you know, I, I didn't even think about the dog being a therapy dog until you said that. Jamie and I was like wow that makes it even worse yeah like why if this dog is like helping you like function on the day-to-day like why would you not immediately start looking for it especially in the snow because you can follow its tracks yes oh my like gosh. it just doesn't make sense and it's just like infuriating but again I just I blame the the father for everything going wrong also, was, why does he why does he teach her how to shoot the gun? Which, like, separately, like she obviously already knows. But like, what is the point of that? Like, what situation does he think that 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 she needs to know how to shoot a gun? I have no idea. I mean, I don't. I guess like protection in the lodge while he was gone, or maybe just setting up the fact that she was going to kill him. So that was just kind of like a fake out setup, you know. There's there's a lot of things. And going going back to the dog for a second, I really like <laughs> Jamie's interpretation that the dog is what broke her, like really broke her, because mm-hmm. that's what broke the kids too. Because that was mm-hmm. clearly not done on purpose. Clearly, when they were putting out, first of all, amazing print job that that kid did to like get that like article. Obituary, printed. yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 
But wow. like to put that outside, well, first of all, that's a brilliant idea. If you're going to pull something like this off to have like the things outside that people leave in memory is like totally brilliant. Doesn't, doesn't really go with their theme of like all physical things like get removed, but still I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. But like, the clear i'm assuming the dog escaped by accident like when they did that and they didn't realize the dog was gone and then realized that they killed the dog and and that's why the little girl and him like just like freak out and get the clothes and stuff like that because they realize mm-hmm. they've gone too far but mm-hmm. like well also i told nikisha you sorry i'm excited now nikisha <laughs> you had talked about how um you know when she when she oh, you talked about like she you didn't think she was going to kill the dad at the end yes mm-hmm. i forget that she tries to kill herself first and the barrel is empty oh yeah mm-hmm. that was like yes. incredibly effective mm-hmm. um in that sequence and I, i'll be honest and i know you said at the beginning like you shouldn't like feel bad for kids or whatever it is but like when they killed the father i honestly thought like that's what you deserve. That's what you get. You took away this woman's yes. pills. I know your mm-hmm. kids you didn't think that through, but like, you know what? Also, I didn't like him anyway, the Mr. Because he, Mr. Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's literally you have caused this behavior to happen. And so that's, that is what you get. Like, and it's terrible to say, but they were pretty terrible. They were pretty mm-hmm. terrible kids. So. I have no, I also have no remorse for that. But do you want to talk about the rankings of everything, Brian? Sure. So we're, we're trying to figure this out. Um, but right now we have the talking horror, um, four S's. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horror's four S's. <laughs> And the Talking Horror four S's stand for skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. And this is how it breaks down. Um, we're ranking everything one to ten. <laughs> so one is the lowest, ten is the highest. Scare a skulls is about how well we think they depicted the kind of human behavior and mental um, health, like wraps around it. So some movies it may not be applicable. I mean, all hard movies, it will be applicable, but, um, <laughs> but like, so that's what skulls is. So we'll talk about that. And, uh, and the second one is scares scares. Is like how much of like, like actual jump stairs and spook you and things of that nature. Shakes is like, how, were you able to shake it off? Did the movie last with you? Is it going to last with you a while? Like, or is it kind of like cool one and done forgettable. And then three if you like this movie, suggest something that you think you would also like. If you did not like this movie, select something that you think is a better version of this, whether it's tone or whether it's, you know, um, um, same actor, same director, something like that. Um, so, again, the, the talking horror, four S's, skulls, scares, shakes and suggestions. It seems like everybody liked it. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, go for it. One through ten. Let's start with skulls. Uh, Jamie, why don't you start? So I think I would give this a 6.5. Can I do a half skull? (laughs) The top half or the bottom half? Um, I think I would do 6.5 skulls out of, out of 10 skulls. Um, I, I like the movie. I think that there's like some flawed parts just in terms of like, yeah, like how, how, 
quick in terms of the switch that happens for, for her and her ability to like cope with what's happening. Um, but, and like the kids are just like wild. Um, but I, I think that like the cult stuff is definitely interesting. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I would say, I would say a seven. I'll give it a a full seven because of the same reasons uh, as Jamie. Some of the things it just seemed like, especially with the kids, the fact like, where did, where did this boy get a harness, a a full harness to (laughs) act like he, or pretend that he hung himself? I don't understand. And it was just very elaborate for kids. I mean, who thinks of this, these kinds of things, but just the fact that it was trying to represent, you know, the effects of or the traumas that cult members uh, might go through and trying to deal with going back to everyday life and it not being that way and um, what could potentially happen when their mind is manipulated in that way. Um, I think it was an interesting aspect to try to tackle as a movie, as a horror movie. So, yeah, I give it a seven. Next up is Scares. Do you not want to rate Oh, no, I'm just going to give my suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to heavily influence and then (laughs) take it from there. Totally. Um, Nikisha, do you want to go first with scares? Yeah, I, there wasn't a lot of like jump scares. The, the two, when I first watched it, that um, stood out to me was when Cher killed herself because of how quickly it happened. I mean, literally she's like drinking a glass of wine and then in the same movement, just it happens. There was no like buildup. The weather channel is playing in the background. Like it was just insane. So on the scares, I would give it like a three. I think I would also give it a three for the same reasons. Like really, it's just, it's, it's more of like a slow drawn out uh like tension building type movie not really mm-hmm. jump scares um with the exception of again like the very beginning and the very end um when the when the father is killed as well as like the other yes. kind of major like whoa um but not like not truly horrifying all right shakes yeah. how, how are you able to shake it off is this a movie that lasts with you is this like a one and done forget it uh, when I first watched it, it did linger with me like a little bit, but only because I was in a lodge by myself <laughs> when I watched this movie the first time. And so I was like, what did I do? <laughs> um, but, and I was afraid. And you know, the crazy thing is because I had that feeling when I watched it again in the comfort of my apartment, I still had the feeling that I was going to experience that same type of like, Ah, I can't go to sleep. This is like still on me. But I watched this for the second time and I was like, oh, okay, it's not as bad as I thought <laughs> it was. But it's so crazy because I went into it. I literally was like, I'm going to watch this in the daytime. I can't watch this before I go to bed because I need to make sure that I like have enough time to process <laughs> it all out. But it was fine. I'll give it, I'll give it a five. I was also going to give it a five because I think um, definitely just like the, the hauntingly unexpected suicide at the beginning is is just really like yeah it took me a few days to like get that image out of my head knowing that it was coming this time I think I actually like didn't look as long because I was like I don't need like this is a lot um when you don't know that it's going to happen I think that it it's 
truly horrifying and, and is very unsettling. Um, so maybe in that case, I'll give it the six because like it is really unsettling. And then, um, I'm only downplaying it because like I already knew it was coming. Um, but that was really like the piece that stuck with me the most. Um, and then, uh, what other movies would you suggest? I would suggest this movie to other people, other thriller seekers, um, because it is a a well-made movie. And I, and I would also suggest it because the name suggests one thing, especially if you are a horror movie lover, you're like, Mm. okay, it's a lodge. Obviously they're going to get stuck there. Obviously things are going to happen, whether, you know, like I said, supernatural or not, but then it's not that it completely goes off kilter. So I, for that, I would suggest this movie as a good thriller movie and not something else. I have like two other movies that like, if you, not that I necessarily think are, well, one I think is excellent. Um, it's actually good night mommy, which is by the same writers and directors. Um, I think that that one came out first. That was like their, um, their like big hit. Um, that movie's excellent. Um, it's, uh, an Austrian horror film. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with cults, but definitely similar, like tension building, um, definitely makes you question things. Um, so I think that's a, an excellent recommendation and also like more creepy children. Like if you, if you're on brand with the creepy kids and you, you want more of that, then Goodnight mommy is the movie for you. Um, and then kind of like a, a cult ish recommendation, um, the sacrament, um, which is more of like a found footage horror film, uh, that has to do with like a, a, group of journalists that go to a religious commune, um, like a la Jonestown. So, um, if you're, if you're into exploring another cult, like, uh, movie, then that's another suggestion that I have. I would, I, I would definitely suggest this movie to people. This one lasted with me. Like I would have probably, if I was ranking, I probably would have give the shakes a little bit higher than you guys did. Like, um, <laughs> uh, I would probably put it like a seven or an eight. Um, cause this is definitely one I would suggest to people and I already have. Um, but another movie I would suggest is, um, the recent relic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I believe Emily Mortimer's in that and it's, it's really real. I, uh, we watched it last year. Um, and, uh, it's more of an allegory. It's a little bit weirder and creepier, but it still has kind of that tension, that slow burn. You're kind of trying to figure out what happened, what's happening. Um, um, uh, and it's, 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 it's without spoiling anything, it's an allegory for, um, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really well-made movie. Um, so that would be mine. Well, I think that's it. Is that everything, Jamie? Did we miss anything? No. Um, I think just, uh, if people want to continue, if they're interested in what we talked about and want to hear more about us talking about other things, horror and mental health, feel free to follow us on social media at Talk Horror Pod for Twitter and for Instagram. Find us anywhere where you can get your podcasts, so like things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Uh, and thank you. And if you have any suggestions on what movies you want us to discuss, 
please let us know on our uh, Twitter and Instagram and maybe we'll pick a movie that you suggest. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about some of the things that I haven't seen that we will talk about and some things that I wish I could not rewatch, but I'm sure we will like Hereditary. Mm. Would love to never see that movie again, but I'm sure we're going to talk about it. So excited. We'll have to see. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Oh, and signing off now. So don't forget to repent for your sins. Spooky. Spooky. Bye, guys. Bye.